1: Hey, welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. I'm your host, Damian Mason, but you already know that because we said so in the introduction. Got a special guest today. It's Lisa Hudson, co-owner of Fitness by Design, an Indianapolis, Indiana personal training facility. They've been in business since 1989, celebrating their 30th year in business. That's a big accomplishment. You hear all the time, dear listener, that 52% of the companies and businesses ever begun do not make it to the fifth year. You've probably heard that. If you haven't, you just heard it for the first time. It's actually true. You can look it up. So it's like 50, 52%. Dig this. This company, been around for 30 years. Lisa has been involved since 1991. So she's 28 years. Lisa Hudson, co-owner of Fitness by Design. Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast.
0: Well, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to be here, and I'm glad you asked me to to talk to you today.
1: You're a graduate of Indiana University from the Kelly School of Business. I and am. Then you uh, now go in and teach people how to do push-ups. Does the, <laughs> does the business school background help?
0: No, the business school background, it helps me in my business, but maybe not so much uh, with a push-up. But um, one of my classes at IU did help me, and that was uh, one of my... Uh, um, classes I took for fun, and, uh, and I did really good at it, so <laughs>
1: here I am. Well, the reality is uh, we're all in business. We, you know, this, this podcast is geared to solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, business owners, business people, people that want to have their own, uh, command their own ship, and you and I both know what that's like. We've talked about it before. In fact, uh, for you, dear listener, Lisa and her company uh, that she co-pilots with her husband, Rob, are examples in my book uh, because I use them as the example of uh, the myth of inadequate resources. You do not need a glimmering, gleaming million dollar facility on the north side of Indianapolis to be fit, but you need what they sell. And what do they sell? They sell the service. They sell, they will take you to fitness. They sell that they will provide you the discipline, the accountability, and the method to be fit. Am I right, Lisa? Tell me what that, you said.
0: That's right. Um, we're personal training center. We always have been. It's um, the, the bulk of our business, the meat and potatoes. So we don't sell memberships. Um, Everything is, we have to perform every month and keep people coming back. So we sell our services to the busy professional that wants an appointment um, and their family. So that's what we do. And,
1: and, you know, if you're a listener to this podcast, you're thinking, wait a minute, Like I drive by every day on my way to work, uh, LA Fitness or Gold's Gym or whatever. And the difference there is, first off, those are chains. And secondly, those businesses really, their business model is predicated on churning and burning. Am I right? They bring in people and try and get big monthly subscriptions or year long commitments. And they even know that 45% of those people might still be there in six weeks and 55% of them are going to be gone after the first two visits. Am I right?
0: That's right. Yeah. So um, we're very customer service based and our trainers want the people that they're servicing to come back um, every month. So we are very dedicated to doing that. And
1: the difference with your facility, I can't just give you money and come in and use your equipment. I actually have to work with a personal trainer.
0: Yes, you do. Yes.
1: And the benefit there is you actually can then secure results because now we know that you're not going to just give us money, say you're going to join and make a new year's resolution then never come back. You're going to actually work out with a person. that's a professional whose job it is, is to help you attain your fitness objective.
0: That's right. Yep. Everybody that comes in is working with someone.
1: All right. So, uh, I tell, uh, before we get, into, we get into more of the stuff about you, your uh, husband once and I had a big discussion about this business that you're in. You don't need a fitness facility just like you don't need a country club. It's a lifestyle choice, but it's also proven to get your results. Is that what you're selling? you selling the results? Are you selling the handholding? Are you selling the accountability? Are you selling all of the above?
0: I believe we sell all of the above, and in addition to that, we sell a nice, bright facility, which is very different once you walk in the door. So it's clean, it's bright, um, it's very personable. Um, your friends probably attend and, and come and see one of our personal trainers, so um, I think that's what keeps people coming back.
1: You've been around for 30 years, you're doing something right. I tell my audiences that they need to possess and accentuate the success traits. You want to run a business and, and be successful for the long haul, You must be able to tolerate risk because there's going to be some bad weeks, bad months, bad quarters of revenue, ups and downs. You're going to have to have risk tolerance. You're going to have to have drive because, as I always say, there is no such thing as an ambition gene. You're going to have to have resilience because you will get knocked down. It's a matter of your bounce back factor. And you have to have vision. You didn't start off with a million-dollar facility along Interstate 465. You started off very, very humbly. There was a vision, though, of what this business could become. What do you think is the most critical? Risk tolerance, drive, resilience, or vision?
0: You know, I couldn't pick one, and I know you want one, but I think two combined, and my husband is, is probably um, the one that um, has both of these traits uh, the most, and that's the vision and the risk tolerance. Um, you know, he started with 900 square feet and always had the vision that he was going to have his own bigger facility. And so um, he was – We together we were able to accomplish that with the help of the the employees that we employed, so –
1: So you think vision, because obviously you're, you're, you're not trying to do this. Just granted, you know, when you're starting out, you've got to put a a ham sandwich on the table tomorrow, but your vision is I want more than ham sandwiches. I want pork chops next year. Uh, And that's kind of what we're talking about on vision. Right. What, what's the vision moving forward then? I mean, is it, is it more space? Is it franchising? That's the tough part. And I'm not going to ask you because you just said your husband's a visionary, (laughs) but is there a vision?
0: There is a vision. um, And the vision has evolved and changed over time. I mean, we don't do the exact same workout that we did years ago. Um, And so we've had to evolve and change as the Orange Theories have come up and as the LA Fitnesses have come up. And when we came to town, there was one Bally's and there was uh, two or three other small places. And so now there's personal training centers. Shoot, just the people that uh, have been employed by me, I have six past employees have opened up their own personal training centers. Yeah,
1: they're out, so, competing, they're out competing with you. So when correct. you a vision, it's a neat thing because I always point this out, that you can't just believe what your vision for the future 20 years from now is today is going to stay that way because if you stay that course, you might be still plowing into the great abyss because it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore.
0: That's right.
1: You told me that your husband's strength, Rob's strength, is vision and risk tolerance. You didn't tell me your strength.
0: I think my strength has been resilience um, over the years, probably. And I think the reason the reason for that is because, um, you know, like I said, over time, trainers will leave. They'll open up their own businesses. That's not always a negative thing. Um, but you have to be able to respond to that. You have to be able to keep those customers coming in your door and not going to someone else's. And you can't let that ruffle your feathers. You So over the years, I've learned to – you know, embrace change as much as I possibly can. That's not an easy thing to do, but usually there's an opportunity somewhere. So you've got to keep that in mind and you look for that opportunity.
1: Yeah. And and I think that's resilience doesn't always mean, Oh God, we just lost everything. Resilience a lot of times is just the daily battle of going in and saying, okay, this employee quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an employee that stole something from me. You know, uh, I did personally. I'm saying that's the, the right. business owner. Um, you know the resilience can be oh we're 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 suffering through a bad quarter financially uh right. resilience can be the competition just stole a bunch of your your clientele away there's a lot of things when we talk about where well, you need resilience what's your weakness and it doesn't need to be one of those four traits what's your weakness professionally do you have one um well
0: Probably, um,
1: people don't like to admit their weaknesses, Lisa. So I'm not gonna put you on the spot. I know what mine is. First off, I I'm ADHD. So I go hundred miles an hour on 19 different directions. So that's a challenge for me. Uh, I, I get stressed, uh, because then when things aren't done and then also I'm a hothead, so I can give you those three right there on my weaknesses. What's your weakness?
0: Well, certainly the vision part of it is probably my weakness because that is definitely all of my husband. And so the other weakness I possibly, I I do have actually, is um, just not holding some of my employees possibly accountable to everything they could be doing and um, trying to make it a little bit easier on them and and doing that work myself. So I find I wear a lot of hats a lot of the time. And so that's a little bit of a weakness. That's certainly a weakness for me.
1: Got it. And so you, you just told me how you compensate for it. Is there a fifth personality trait that's critical to success? Something I've forgotten about. We say risk tolerance, ambition, resilience, vision. Is there a fifth one that I'm not, I'm not thinking of?
0: I think a fifth personality trait is to go with your gut. A lot of times, you know, you know, something's not quite right. And when you have those thoughts, you really need to follow up on them. Or you think, Hey, this looks like a good opportunity How can I prepare myself to, um, you know, to make good on that opportunity and bring it into my business? So definitely go with your gut is another good, uh, another personality trait.
1: You know, I like that. And, and it doesn't sound quite as simplistic as drive or vision, but going with your gut, I had a guest on a friend of mine that's been very, very successful who pointed out that you can just analyze and analyze and analyze. You always call it paralysis by analysis. Right. And everybody that wants to be a business owner, everybody that wants to be an entrepreneur says, well, I'm researching this. And they think it's all just lies in how much time they spend researching. And what they'll end up doing is researching themselves right out of the decision. They just absolutely, convinced, oh well, I decided this wasn't the right thing to do. Or now's the not not the right time because the marketplace. And you're like, no, your problem is you you were really not doing research. You were just researching to talk yourself out of doing something because you're scared.
0: Yes, I think that's true. Yeah. Uh
1: when you look at habits, because in my book Do Business Better, I say it's about traits, habits, and actions that can help you succeed. Well, all of us have good habits and all of us have bad habits. Okay. What's a good habit you possess that has helped you with fitness by design?
0: Well, a good habit is to surround yourself with people that know more than you do on some, uh, in, in wherever you're deficient. So um, you need to do that for sure. You need to be able to find those people and seek them out and grow your network. So uh, surround yourself with people that can help you for sure.
1: And by the way, all joking aside, since I'm a Purdue guy and you're an IU person, when I said, uh, did you learn anything at the IU Kelly School of Business that helped you learn how to do push-ups? The reality is you are the business person. Maybe you're not the visionary, but in that business, you're the one that looks at this every day as a business. So if you say surround yourself with people that are better at something, it's probably on the training side versus the business side. Am I right?
0: I it's it actually some Um, You know, I, there are uh, mentors. I joined an organization, actually, just so I could be surrounded by other women business owners that are very successful. And if I have questions or concerns or things that um, I'm not sure I'm doing quite right, I can get their opinions on it. So that's why I'm talking about um, on both sides. Surround, surround yourself with people that know uh, more than you do
1: that's a good habit to get into. And our listeners are saying, wow, that's something I really need to do too. And you know what? Uh, My wife is uh, very commonly says, you know, you've got some really good people you always turn to that sort of even Mm -hmm. you out a little bit or give you a little guidance on stuff that you're not strong at. They mean that's something we should all do, especially when we (laughs) work for ourselves. We are not, we're not uh, in the corporate boardroom. What bad habit do you manage Lisa? Um,
0: I think, um, Breaking up relationships that just don't work anymore. Maybe I'm not um, as good at doing that as soon as I should. So that would be, uh, I guess, a bad habit.
1: Okay, we'll call it clinging. Clinging. Yeah. Clinging to unproductive relationships. Right. And so, what would your what would your advice be to the people that struggle with that? Because all of us avoid the strife. You know, I, I've used the example that I had a, an employee that was just an absolute. Bad situation, and I stuck with it much longer than I should because I didn't want to handle the headache. Right, and then, and then a very smart woman pointed out to me when I was describing this: "Just, Damien, you you have the headache now. Why not just <laughs> exactly. get rid of the damn headache?" And I
0: thought, exactly. yeah. Why didn't I see that? I know. Um Sometimes it, it's good to have another set of eyes to, to uh, point that out to you. That's for sure. Well, so we all yeah should. definitely cut those strings, and you know, think about the worst thing that could happen. And can I survive the worst thing that can happen? And usually you can. So, you know, let it go.
1: We usually think the worst that can happen, and we think it's a lot worse than it really is. It's exactly. really usually not that big of a deal. So it's somebody somebody's pissed off at you for a little while because you cut them loose, or you just... Right. Uh, you just uh, are a little bit awkward for a little while while you're walking them out the door. Big deal. Yeah. When you fire people, which is something that's right up there with it, when you have to fire somebody because that employee has done something wrong or is not productive or is worse yet uh, caused you grief, right. uh, is, is that the worst thing you have to do?
0: I would say it probably is because you've built a, rela- a close relationship with that person. I mean, they're, they're in your business um, every day and um, you're trying, you're trying to bring them along. You're trying to hold them up. You're trying to train them the best that you can. So when you have to, when you have to fire that person or let that person go or you know um, change that relationship, um, you know you're looking at yourself too as to you know what could I have done differently. Um, you I, you know you look at yourself that you possibly failed a little bit there too because it is it's a two way street. So that's it's hard, and that might be why you know a lot of people don't tend to fire that person or let, or change the relationship, is because you know they've got some some um, they've got some ownership in that, and that's hard
1: right do you read
0: i do read yes
1: do you read business books
0: i don't read a lot of business books actually um i read a lot of books um regarding um the strength training part of it um just to keep up on speed with that and then i'm also trying to get certified so right now my reading is just a little more condensed to that certification
1: (sighs) What have you read lately and what does it teach you how to do strength training in a more, uh, 2019 format? What are we talking about? Uh, new training techniques.
0: No, I just think you need to always be on top of, um, and re- go back and, and, um, keep your education, um, just fresh and, and review. So I've just been reviewing women's strength training anatomy just to get a little better with that because there's so much to learn regarding anatomy. And uh, I've got some clients that have some issues right now. So I'm trying to be, um, be abreast of all of that.
1: What's the most enjoyable aspect of your work?
0: I really love the space and the people that I work with. So that's the most enjoyable aspect. Of work, my work with as right in the employees
1: in. you employ or the clients that pay you?
0: You know what? It's both, but my employee, my our staff is just phenomenal right now. We um, I have a great staff, and uh, I haven't always been able to say that.
1: So the most enjoyable aspect of work is the people that you have employed, as well as your clients. Do you raise your prices with a regular schedule, or do you look at the competition, or do you look at what the market will bear? How do you price your product?
0: You know, we we have not actually had a price increase since 2012. I'll tell you that. So you look
1: at what the seven years with no price increases while the economy has gone amazingly well.
0: Yeah. So you look at what the market will bear. Um, Now, having said that, um, my husband has increased his pricing. Um, So we'll probably look at that here fairly soon and probably make an attempt to make an adjustment on that. So it's, it's, that's, that's difficult. I mean, we are definitely still pretty mid range uh, for the Indianapolis area.
1: Yeah. You know, we're, we're all service providers at some point, right. as I point out all the time, we all work for other people. So this idea mm-hmm. of folks like to say, Oh, you're self-employed. Well, that doesn't mean I, you know, I don't still work for other people. If I was self-employed the joke, I always make, if I was self-employed, why am I working this hard? Hell, I'll just give myself a pay raise. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I work for other clients as do you. And so there's always that thing about, are you priced right uh, and, and you know and you can say, oh supply and demand, what the market will bear and it still is not an exact science, is it?
0: No, it's not. Um, certainly we've I've got some trainers here that have the experience that they probably should be charging a little bit more um, and certainly Rob is at a position where he's got 30 years in the business and he definitely needs to be charging more. so but you want to be able to have um, choices for your customers so you've got to keep that in mind.
1: Rob's the business owner and Rob still actually gets out there and rolls around and works out with clients. Uh, okay. is that, and so do you and you're the mm. business owner. You wouldn't mm. have to, you could just go in there, sit at your desk, make sure the, the light bill gets paid, make sure the revenue's coming in, make sure that you're, you're putting out your promotion, whatever it is, mm. but you still keep hands on. Is there a reason for that? Other than I think what you're going to tell me is it's, it's important to do. So you still have the touch with the clients.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of reasons why and and it's being in business for that 28, you know, um, number of years that I've been doing it 30 years that Rob's been doing it. And, and that's because you I need to have a pulse on what the clients want and how my trainers are training on the floor. And so we're very hands on and our clientele like to see us on the floor. They like to see us down at the desk. And um, the trainers enjoy uh, the interaction that we have with them. And it's actually made a much better team when we're involved.
1: So if you're if you're the person listening to this podcast that has a roofing company and you say I don't need to be getting on the roof anymore because I've now got 19 crews that go out and do all the roofs in uh, you know the city of Nashville uh, I'm done with my roofing what can that person do if all short of getting up on a roof and tearing off shingles they can still do something to keep that finger on the on the pulse of stuff
0: right they need to make site visits or they need to go out with their sales force and uh, just tag along for a day um, you know they need to shadow. So that's what I would say.
1: And because it keeps you fresh and it keeps you out there, what's the other thing you get out of it? it sounds like you said you you've, you seem to have a camaraderie uh, then with the employees because of this.
0: Yes, you certainly do. And in my business, when my uh, employees want to take a day off, their their clients still want to come in and train. And so it's really pretty imperative that I have a good idea as to what they're doing with that trainer so that I can fill in if needed um, or, um, help another trainer fill in as needed. So it's, it's important.
1: I believe it is important. All right. So here's the deal. We've been on for a while. We, we've got now the business owner that's listening to this podcast saying, man, this Lisa Hudson, she's a smart lady. Her and her husband, about 30 years, they've got fitness by design in Indianapolis, Indiana, personal training facility. You know, they sell sell something that, uh, frankly, is unnecessary. But then again, so do we all. Fashion is unnecessary. Speaking at public events like I do is unnecessary. Uh, you don't need 19 different varieties of uh, tofu products in the grocery store. So bearing in mind that we all sell something the world doesn't necessarily need. Then it becomes a matter of being honest with ourselves. What can we do to do business better? When we all really are out here, nobody needs air conditioning. You can live without it. Nobody needs a Mercedes Benz. You can live without mm-hmm. it. What's your tip to continuing to stay relevant, Lisa, to stay out there so that customers come in the door and want to do business with you?
0: I think you have to be able to deliver a good product and you have to be able to um, be, prof- be very professional in what you do. You've got to find a way to set yourself apart from your competition. Whether your facility is cleaner than theirs, or whether it's brighter than theirs, or whether the people they can count on their trainer being there on time every time, with a good product for them to to utilize, so and and you need to offer other services perhaps. I mean, we haven't gotten into this, um, but you know, in my business, we do more than just personal training here. I've got other space that I lease out to um, company other small business owners that have a product that is in line with mine like massage therapy
1: give give me a massage therapy yeah massage
0: therapy um i have an esthetician so you know my clientele they would like to come into maybe a one-stop shop and the ladies might want to get their workout in and then they might want to get their nails done so i've got i've got that here um so anyway um you get creative on what you bring to the table things that your clientele um need and want
1: Yeah. What I like about that is what you did there is you just said, get creative for what your clientele need or want, but also you looked forward. They didn't come and tell you, I want my nails done after I work out. They didn't say it'd be really handy if you rented this spare space over here in the corner to a massage therapist. You said, or Rob said, or you both said, wait a minute, we keep a client here. We Mm -hmm. serve the client better. We make a little bit of money by renting the space to these other service providers. So you now have a another source of revenue, and you've satisfied the client and kept them in your facility. Now they think of you as more than just one thing. It's three-stop shopping or four-stop shopping.
0: That's right. And not only that, um, the person that's coming in for a massage that doesn't know anything about Fitness by Design now knows Fitness by Design does personal training.
1: So it's a little cross-promotion.
0: Correct, cross-promotion. And we do that not only with the people that I rent space to, but perhaps events or something like that that I would hold in my facility.
1: So if a a bar mitzvah or a kid's birthday party wants to happen, you say, have it at Fitness by Design, and then maybe there'll be a couple of moms and dads that say, wait a minute, I'm looking for a place to get fit.
0: That's that's a possibility. And also, maybe I hold um, a meeting for some of the organizations that I'm involved in. They might need some space for a meeting, so we might have something... Here, we did that just last week.
1: Lisa Hudson's my guest. She's with Fitness by Design. If the folks of Central Indiana want a, f- a fantastic facility to achieve their fitness goals and also get a massage, get their uh, their nails done <laughs> and a few other things while they're there, how do they find you, Lisa?
0: Well, they can find us at uh, fbdindy.com. They can f- find out f- all things f- about in fitness,
1: fitness by design, indy.com. F-
0: Correct. Um, we're at 1355 West 96th Street. You can't miss us. We're right off of I-465. You can see our big blue glass building. And uh, they can come visit anytime.
1: Fantastic. You've given great answers. You've given great guidance to people that want to do business better. Thanks. Will you come back and do it again? I would love to. All right. Fantastic. Lisa Hudson's my guest. You know what? Thanks for tuning in to the Do Business Better podcast. We hope you got something out of it. And I know you did. Till next time.